0: You're listening
1: to Nightlight. Hi, and a warm welcome once again to this international edition of Nightlight. Back on the program with me is Mark McMillian, and I'm going to be talking with him about the final episode in his long-running video series on the Book of Daniel. (laughs) Nice to talk with you again, Mark. Gosh, so much has transpired since September when you were last with us on the show, especially there in the USA. I mean, you've had the US election and the Pandora's box that has opened and all that's transpired since then, not to mention the continuing COVID craziness. Anything briefly you'd like to say about any of that before we go on to Daniel 12?
2: (laughs) Simon, you... you (laughs) You've heard this story about the guy, he was he was famous for his swearing, and then one time his apple cart overturned, and he just stood there, and, and people said, aren't you going to say anything? And, and the guy said, I, I, I just can't do the subject justice. <laughs> right. <laughs> he, he, was, he was so overwhelmed by, that he didn't know what to say. So there's just one thing after the other. You know, it's just a lot of stuff going on.
1: There sure is, and it keeps going from bad to worse to the extent, Mark, that I can't even stand to watch the news. I just can't take it anymore. But then again, you know, I don't want to ignore it and try to hide from what's going on. But I'm trying to find a balance to where it doesn't freak me out or cause me to fear, but rather to fight, to where I know enough to know what to pray for or against. So I'm trying to limit my news intake and increase the time I spend in desperate prayer for the Lord to intercede and take action to stop this flood of fear and evil that's trying to swallow up and engulf the whole world. Have you seen there in the USA, Mark, any signs of the Lord's intercession or judgments or warnings where he's trying to get through to the nation by means of natural disasters, earthquakes, storms, or anything physical that's causing people to seek God and realize that he's not at all happy with the situation and what's happening there.
2: Well, that's what, you know, it's it's just like even in the, in the worst times in the Bible, uh, in the past, and even it says it's going to be the same in the future, the, all those things can be happening and still people don't listen. People don't get it. You know, you, there's examples of that. All over the Bible, where horrific things were happening, and people just right. didn't get it. They didn't hear the voice of God, and they didn't sense things. A few, then a few did, and a, I'll tell you, I'll tell you an example, Simon. in In the last couple of weeks, in the last two or three weeks, I've had meetings with three—not meetings, but just happenstance uh, uh, meetings—with three different people, all of whom are around my age, pretty successful people, almost wealthy. In each of those conversations for the first time, the first time I met them, they were pulling on me about the end time. Wow. We did, I mean, they found out that I did this series about Daniel and things like that. And this one woman, I mean, she's a banker. And so just almost out of nowhere, she says, well, I'm uh, mid-trib pre-wrath. <laughs> I just almost laughed out loud because that's a very advanced, nuanced understanding of the end time. She says she's mid-trib so she believes the coming of the Lord is not pre-trib or post-trib, but it's in the middle of the tribulation. And then she says she's pre-wrath, which is another phrase that, that eschatology people use. And this she's just a she's just a you know, a woman in society. She knows a lot about this stuff and, and two other people. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that there are people around who are really studying these things and are really looking to the Lord, and it is being talked about more.
1: Very interesting and very encouraging to know that many people are hungry to know the truth of what's going on, especially in relation to the sure word of Bible prophecy. I think what has thrown me, Mark, well, not thrown me because I have total faith and trust, that Bible prophecy will be exactly fulfilled. There will be an Antichrist. He will rule for seven years. There will be a mark of the beast that he'll try to enforce on the world after three and a half years. The Antichrist will fight major wars against powerful nations that will oppose him. But right now, with the situation as it's developing, with the globalists seeming to be all-powerful and unstoppable in implementing their plan for total control. I'm finding it hard to see how we're going to get from where we are now to the fulfillment of the prophecies that, well, you've been teaching in your Daniel videos.
2: I think a lot of people feel exactly the same way you do, and I feel that also. It's like, where where are we? And this is like, for me, I guess, because because I teach these things, and because I believe that this is part of a continuity of this, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Yes, prophecy. God has been using prophecy and fulfilling prophecy since the beginning. Yes. So we have a, we have this sure word of prophecy, and it's you know heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Jesus said, if these should hold their peace, the stones would cry yes. out. So this, that's something that's very important for me, and I, I feel the same way as you. I, I look for these things, and this is why I'm kind of—I don't even know what the right word is. Um, I don't want to be dissuaded from a very steadfast looking to the fundamentals of the end-time fulfillment. I mean, like you mentioned, the Antichrist— uh, I believe that there has to be some kind of temple because Paul talked about that. Yes, You know, the the man of sin, sitting in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. I don't believe that's uh, going to be fulfilled spiritually. I don't believe this is some type of, we can spiritualize that because that's not the way Paul was talking. And Paul was talking, referring back to the book of Daniel, where this, these things are fulfilled physically. So a temple sacrifices the Antichrist I'm kind of like, it's like I think we talked about in the last show where I wrote this article called Don't Shoot Till You See the Whites of Their Eyes. And it's a phrase from like 250 years ago when the Americans were fighting the British (laughs) and the the commander told them, don't fire your rifles until you can almost see these guys. Not not just don't start shooting when they're 100, 100 meters away or something like that or 200 And that's the way I feel about with these things. I want to wait until I know for sure and then that's it. And anything else that distracts me or is a a distraction and not the real deal, I want to be cautious about that.
1: Yes, very well put. And as I was saying earlier, you know, I was spending a lot of time just taking in information, trying to sort out what's true, what's not true, thinking and worrying a lot and not actively praying. So now... As an absolute minimum, when I go for my one-hour walk, I fight in prayer, desperately praying against the devil and against the evil people that he's using, and I certainly feel a whole lot better after doing that.
2: Even the night can be bright when you switch on your nightlight.
1: Okay, well, let's talk about your video on Daniel 12. And it would be nice, actually, if you could refresh us as to what we know is going to happen in the future after this fog clears and we can see the way ahead. You know, it came to me that maybe because the devil knows Bible prophecy very well and he's locked into it, maybe he's trying to avoid the prophecies, trying to get a jump on God and become the ruler of this world ahead of schedule, so to speak, and in a different way than is prophesied in the Word of God.
2: It's, you know what it's like? It's very much like what Jesus said. I mean, I'm not saying that this is the literal final fulfillment of it, but it's very much like where Jesus said, I think it was in Matthew 24, you know, if it, if they shall say he's in the desert, or, he, you know, go not forth. And it's like that. It's almost like it's uh, decoys, I guess this is the word, the enemy has all these decoys and diversions and distractions right That's now. That's right. And it seems like a lot of people, a lot of Christians, even people that you and I know, are sort of going after some of the decoys and the distractions and all. That's sad. But sometimes it can be a learning experience where you find out, well, that was, I just got tripped off on that. That's not really, something I was just, you know, I guess this ties into what we were talking about and all. But before this call, before, you know, doing the call with you today, I was thinking, well, what should I say? know, I mean, what. But I was thinking, I guess the whole thing is what you and I have and our friends have is something very precious. It's not just Christianity. It's discipleship. Amen. We have have lived a life of Christian discipleship. That's right. And that is, it's one thing to be a Christian. It's another thing to be a disciple and to be a missionary, to know how to win souls. I mean, that's been part of our lives. But most Christians, I mean, very few Christians know how to win souls or live by faith or... Really stand up for the Lord to feed His sheep. That to me, that's what somewhat breaks my heart in these times. Because to me, when I look at the when I look at Bible prophecy and I see like these things in Daniel eleven, they they that understand among the people shall instruct many. Uh, they should be strong and do exploits. And then I look at the Christianity of today. It's disheartening in some ways because so many Christians are they're either too political or they're kind of lukewarm or they're just sort of baby Christians. And those things, it's like, it's going to have to be the Lord, but I think what you're doing, what I'm doing, what many of us are doing, we're just fighting night and day to try to strengthen the brethren. This is what Jesus said to Peter, Peter, when you're converted, strengthen your brethren. And that's such a job that needs to be done in these times. So maybe that's not quite answering your question about Daniel 11, but that's something that was on my heart. <laughs> we have a guest tonight on Nightlight.
1: Okay, Mark, we'd like to go ahead and talk about your latest Daniel video, anything you'd like to share about it, especially in relation to the times that we're now living in.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I think we last talked in September, and I think I've done at least one. I've done Daniel 12. I completed that one just about a month ago, and I'm pretty sure I completed at least the second half of Daniel 11. I think there's been two videos since I last talked to you. I was so impressed Pressed uh, by going back into the word again and seeing how that i knew that jesus quoted from this passage once but it turns out actually i didn't realize jesus quoted from this passage twice in matthew 24 when in matthew 24 when jesus said when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by daniel the prophet standing in the holy place whoever reads let him understand so the best place that you can find that references is daniel eleven thirty one. 31 but then you go to Matthew 24:21, Jesus said, "Then there will be great tribulation such as was not since the foundation since the beginning of the world." So he linked those two and that verse is Daniel 12:1. So that's how important these things are that Jesus Christ twice directly quoted extensively from this passage Daniel 11 and Daniel 12. Right. Just to mention again, Daniel 10 through 12 was sort of like one session. They broke it up into three chapters, but it was one experience. So it's super important. It's like, it just grieves me. I mean, I I see these people. Let's talk about the 144,000. Who's 144? I think, you know, and all this kind of like, I don't know, just sort of, but they don't really have the foundation of the, and the importance of these things. So, yes. just like I put in the videos, I, I, you know, it's almost better for people if they really want to get into this, to actually look at the videos. Maybe the, maybe the most the most comprehensive video is the one I did on Daniel nine twenty seven, you know, six years ago, because that puts the whole thing together of the the last week, the last seven years, the midst of the week, the middle of the seven, three and a half years where and then the bible talks about 42 months 1260 days yes so these are fundamental things and more and more people are getting to know it and when you when you have that i mean to me this fixes our eyes on scripture it fixes our eyes on the fundamentals of what bible prophecy has said will happen and that strengthens us against all these decoys and distractions and diversions because that's i think a major thing that the enemy is throwing at us right now. That's what I think. Nightlight. You're listening to an international edition of Nightlight, shining God's love light to the world. Now, I, had, I had a lot of fun doing Daniel 12 because I appreciate that chapter much more now than I ever did before. I guess I was really focused on Daniel 9 and Daniel 11 and the importance of those chapters. But in doing this Daniel 12 video, for one, it's only, it's only 13 verses. <laughs> Which is, I think, is the shortest chapter in Daniel by far. Right. But every one of those verses is just drenched with significance. And wow. It, it's a thirteen verses, and it's a fifty-three minute video. It's just the longest video on the shortest chapter. But there's just so much in it. You know, there's just the last few verses. It's you know how in some movies, you you know, I mean, the famous one is you know the, the, the Terminator. You know, I'll be back. That and, the, and then the beginning of the next movie is. I'm back. <laughs>
0: right.
2: And it's like at the very end of the book of Daniel, the very end of chapter 12, the Lord throws in this sort of funny thing about this extra 75 days. Yes. We've already had all these things about three and a half years, 42 months, 1260 days. But at the very end of the chapter, it's talking about 1,335 days. Mm-hmm. Which is an extra seventy five days because it's from the point, is you know, from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away, it says, "Blessed is he that comes to the thirteen hundred and thirty five days." So you go, what is, what is that, and why did he put that right at the end of the chapter, into the book, and all? Right. But then that's what I did in that video. I I just went back and tried to look because there's a whole thing about the end, and and again, people who don't know very much about this stuff. It's like the end of the world, the end, in a, and that strikes fear and terror into everybody's heart. And it's like, like I said in the video, it's like the planet splitting in half and everybody dies. But if you look at scripture, that's not really exactly the picture. We're not talking about the end of the planet here. We're talking about a huge, indescribable transition from the kingdoms of this world becoming the kingdoms of our Lord. That's what the Bible says. It's going to be That's right. Jesus coming back with the saints to take over the earth for the millennium. But but there's a lot of information, and so I, I I sort of titled this video, The End and Beyond. So it's not really quite the end, because there's something that comes after the end, and I sort of talked about the the wrath of God, because the, all these things, Simon, they confuse people that's right i mean maybe we talked about it last time you have people saying god is not a wife beater god wouldn't let us go through the tribulation like that we're going to be rescued because god loves us and that sounds so appealing and no god's not a wife beater but he does allow and has allowed his people to suffer tribulation and persecution but not wrath so this is the difference there's a difference between the great tribulation and the wrath of God. And what you and I believe is we're going to go through the tribulation, but not the wrath. And that's one of the things I bring out of that Daniel 12 video.
1: And listeners, you can easily find this video on YouTube, like I did by searching for Daniel 12, Mark McMillian, and it'll come right up. By the way, Mark, what is that mysterious 70 days at the end of Daniel 12?
2: well i I try to bring out in the video because i just try to be really cautious about speculation somebody taught me one time that when you're teaching this kind of stuff you really need to make a clear difference in your teaching between your speculation and things that you can be pretty doggone sure about because people need to know the difference some of it if it's speculation okay this is what i think and this is how it looks to me it's not the same thing as because so many teachers like this is it you know I don't say this is... <laughs> so my speculation, my understanding from everything that I put in that Daniel 12 video is that quite possibly that 75-day period immediately after the coming of the, the Lord, you know, at the, at the this Jesus said immediately after the tribulation that he was going to come. So what happens next? What happens after that? What happens? And Revelation 16 and other places it talks about the wrath of God being poured out. My guess is that that seventy-five days is likely a measure of the length of time uh, before the end of the wrath of God and the entering first days of the millennium.
1: Yes, that makes a lot of sense. I agree. You know, I'm just looking at the first verse in Daniel 12. It says, "At that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people." Wow, it's good to know that as christians we have the archangel michael and a multitude of other angels fighting for us they're on our side and it says and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time so definitely things are not going to go back to normal things are going to escalate from bad to worse but at least in the tribulation period, it is God who's raining the judgments down on the wicked. Not like it is now, when the world is suffering under the attacks of Satan and his evil people who've unleashed this whole COVID-19 pandemic, now leading on into this mass vaccination program. By the way, what do you think about that?
2: Well, it's certainly hugely controversial. And it's certainly, I think the word is topical. Right now, so many people are talking about that wondering about that thinking about that there's so many different aspects to it you know i I mean there's people there's people demonstrating outside vaccine places in the states here and they're holding signs uh, and and signs say stop turn back don't lose your soul and the idea being that if you get a vaccine if you get this uh vaccination that it's going to be a a salvation issue and that you'll lose your soul because it's sort sort of supposedly connected to the mark of the beast and buying and selling and things like that. I don't totally buy into all that. I just feel like the mark of the beast is, I don't think the vaccination is the mark of the beast. And, uh, this is the kind of thing where, where it's, it, it tries men's souls because there's just a bunch of things being said. There's a lot of things being presented and people are making choices and, uh, and and it's sort of a real division, even among Christians, about some of these subjects.
0: Yes, it's
1: definitely not the mark of the beast, because we know that the mark of the beast is instituted halfway through the Antichrist seven-year rule. And according to Revelation 14, all the peoples and nations of the earth are warned by an angel that flies around the world, broadcasting down with a loud voice, warning people not to take the mark of the beast, and the punishment that awaits them if they do.
2: Yeah, these are the these are the times we're living in because there's there's that going on. There's all of these things going on in the States where so many Christians are becoming militants, becoming uh, political almost like the zealots of Jesus' right. time. One of Jesus' disciples was Simon Zelotes. So he was, you know, that was seemed to indicate that he he came from that background of being political sort of an ultra-nationalist Jewish nationalist of those times. Yes. But the early church, the early church, Book of Acts. there's, of course, politics. There wasn't politics back then where they are now. I mean, a little bit, but it's totally, totally different. But the early church, they just were so focused on Jesus and on winning souls and, and where the Lord was just really doing something totally different. But meanwhile, in, in Israel, it just got worse and worse until finally the Romans came in 40 years after, after the crucifixion of Jesus and killed about one million Jews. And, and these were people who got more and more politically, nationalistically zealous. Right. And it kind of worries me or bothers me or concerns me that many, many Christians here in the States, some of which you and I know some of these folks, who I, I hate to say it, they used to be on the mission field, and now they are virtual insurrectionists and militants and gunfighters. Oh, freaks. that's sad to me, at least. That's that's not how we're going to be fighters in the end time. We're not going to be insurrectionists and and political nationalists, but we're going to be soul winners and disciple. There's a lot of different things going on that are are inroads into Christianity. That are not positive that are worrisome that's that's what it seems to me
1: and in revelation chapter 18 an angel this time warns god's people very strongly to come out of her my people that you be not partakers of her sins
2: yes yes 100 100 thank you for quoting that's that's the point i mean that, that's what i totally believe <laughs> i'm not going to be a political movement in the sense that it is now we're not going to be you know, taking up arms against the Antichrist and having you know little militias—that's not. I don't think so. <laughs> That's not our power. No, I, I shouldn't be. It's not going to be in weapons. We're not going to use guns against that. That doesn't work like that. Right. So this is just another distraction, diversion, uh, decoy that people are. To me, I feel people are falling for that, and they're forgetting their that we're part of something bigger. We're not that's not our calling. Our calling is discipleship and winning souls and feeding the sheep.
1: Amen. And of course the Lord is going to give us spiritual weapons. I'm thinking right now of the two sackcloth witnesses in Revelation chapter 11. No weapon that the antichrist has is able to stop them they have weapons. Fire comes out of their mouth, fries anyone who tries to hurt them. They can smite the earth with any kind of plague as often as they want to. And it says they torment the people of the earth. But these are totally supernatural weapons, nothing of themselves, but it's the awesome power of God's spirit
2: working through them.
1: Shining bright through the dark night, you're listening to Nightlight.
2: i tell you a funny thing, Simon. I'm. I'm you'll probably be able to re- relate to this. Right now, every night, I'm reading Winston Churchill's book, The Gathering Storm, which is just, Okay. yeah, I mean, it's just so powerful. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe I've spoken in the last show, but I read Churchill every night really? and I've been reading him for months because the guy is, he's an incredible guy, you know, it's like... His, his vision, his ability, his knowledge, he's just like he almost I mean there's some sense which he almost single-handedly <laughs> saved Great Britain nearly. I mean, it's true. But the thing was he was in opposition. Nobody wanted to listen to him. He was not in government at that time because he was say, he was saying you know, this guy Hitler is coming, the Nazis are doing this. We need to get ready. And everybody else, no, no, it's not like that. We need to have peace in our time. Everything's okay. We're, the nation's not ready for this. And you shouldn't be so alarmist, Winston. <laughs> and, and to me, it's a parallel of how it is now that so many Christians are like how Great Britain and much of Europe was. They wanted peace and they, they weren't really ready. And maybe it's not as bad as it looks. And, and it's just got worse and worse and worse. And you know i mean you're you're british you know i mean yes they just barely barely survived the the onslaught of the nazis you know i mean there was I know. This, you know all this it came down to the british air force taking on the german air force over great britain and so then churchill said something like never have so many owed so much to so few because they were shooting out shooting out those german planes or the nation would have been destroyed. That's, like, that's like what Churchill did. And that's why he's such a, a, to me, like a sample or an inspiration because he had the vision, he recognized the enemy. He saw what was coming and he never budged from that. And he kept telling, and people were not, he was almost like a prophet. I mean, I to, I mean, he wasn't a prophet, but he was almost like a prophet. And he just kept telling people this is happening. And he had facts, he had facts. I mean, this is, this is why for me, Facts are important. I'm I'm a truth person. I believe in facts. I believe in reality. And it's important not to get faked out, you know, by something that's false. So Churchill, he over and over again, he had the facts. He got the facts, and then he kept sharing the facts with people in power. And then finally, at last, he ended up being the prime minister, right? Which was a sort of surprised everybody because a lot of people didn't even like him. It's just that he had been right the whole time, and he, he was ready to, to galvanize the nation. That's the kind of thing that to me, Christians need to be galvanized for the Lord. Yes. They need to put the Lord first, not their Amen. materialism, not their nationalism, not their politics, that's right. but they need to just come down and realize it's the Lord. We have to stand together as Christians more than anything else, but that's, that's not really happening quite yet, but I, maybe it's coming.
1: Are there any Christian leaders, Mark, in the U.S. who you can see the Lord is raising up to lead and to encourage and to inspire and to lead the spiritual fight?
2: Well, I I wish I could say yes, but I I personally don't know of anybody because nearly every single Christian leader of any stature uh, gets pulled into the secular political maelstrom, the tumult, that's going on here right now. You know they're going to be standing up for for this side or that side, and and uh, they're just so like tools within a political fight for me. And I don't think that's what I'm supposed to be doing.
1: Signs of the times. Mark, now that you've finished the Daniel series, are you considering teaching maybe on the Book of Revelation? In particular, I would request you to teach on Revelation chapters 17 and 18.
2: We, we can do something like that. I mean, we could do it's it's a radio show I can more or less do impromptu, like, like we're doing here, spontaneous. When I do a video, I just feel like it's almost like putting out doctrine, and you've got tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people seeing these things and, and, and looking at it very closely to what I say. You know, the whole subject of doing the book of Revelation, I certainly have thought about that. Uh, I, I have 14 videos still to do in foreign languages. A lot in, in Portuguese, Arabic, Hindi, and Chinese, most of them are in those languages. So I've got a lot of work still to do there. But I, I certainly realize that the book of Revelation, it's a really big project. And there's so much controversy in that book. And there's just some things, just like, just like I put in Daniel 12, some things we just have to admit we don't totally understand it. There's a lot of things in Revelation you just have to say, we don't really know at this time. A lot of people, they don't want to hear something like that. But then, like, I mean, in Revelation 17 and 18 and doing a show on that, we, we could do that sometime.
1: Mark, before we sign out, please can you give us the details of your websites and also your YouTube channel and if there's anything else that you'd like to share?
2: Yeah, well, this is great. I so much enjoy doing this with you. And there's a lot of different people with different views right now. It's, like, it's not like everybody agrees on everything, you know I mean? Some of the people you have on your show, they might not agree with everything that I say, and I might not agree with everything they say, but there's there's just a lot of different views right now, but we can still stay together as Christians and as disciples. That's that's our calling. To me, that's it's really on my heart a whole lot that we stay together and hold on to our crowns of discipleship. I have two websites. One of them is called Propheciesofdaniel.com. One you know, one word, propheciesofdaniel.com. That site is actually in 15 languages. If you look at the little flags up at the top, and if you're Russian or you're Indonesian or you're Arabic, you click on your that flag up there, and it'll take you to the the website in your language. Also, I also have a site, a separate site, is just markmacmillian.com, and uh, there's more blog articles, somewhat of a more personal side in in that one. I'm so glad that we could talk again, and and sort of share notes and compare notes and and strengthen each other in these times because that's what people need they need strengthening they need to hear the uh, uh, if the trumpet give an uncertain sound who shall prepare himself to the battle and that's what people need now they need the sure sound of the trumpet of the trumpet of the lord and not some of these distractions that are going on thank you for having me on your show again i'm, I'm so happy to be doing this god bless you
0: on A clouding over till there's no more light trading in the truth for lies when the questions come where will we be found standing up or backing down These false prophets preach, entertain easy words. There's no courage in the compromise they seek. All the lines become a blur. When the trial comes, where will we be found? Standing up Or back in on the sand Our convictions our foundations erode When we fail to make a stand So when the wind blows where will we be found? Standing up or backing down
1: that's Jerry Asmus bringing to the end of this special edition of Nightlight with Mark McMillian. Hope the show was a blessing to you. Thanks so much to Mark. And I'll be back next week with another international Nightlight show. Bye for now.